I want to go around here and say, what's the best Christmas present you ever got? How would players react if they sat on Santa's lap? And, <laughs> and that turned into, how would players react if we had a comedian pretend to be a disgruntled fan? Kind of like a bad Santa vibe. Kind of like a it. bad Santa vibe. A gut says, Ravens. Okay, feeling the dubs. Right, no Pepto-Bismol either. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the lounge for a huge, before a huge game against the LA Chargers. I don't think I've made the mistake of calling them San Diego Chargers yet this week. I definitely have. Really? It's, I've been good about It's it. weird. With the Rams, I transitioned like seamlessly. I never call them the St. Louis Rams. Like even like yeah. their first year. Yeah. It's it, true. Never, I never Rams, struggled right? with it. But the Chargers, for whatever reason, San Diego is still stuck like on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Well, you know, that's kind of how they feel out in LA too, from what I hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think I don't think I'm the only one there. Yeah. Well, I could be like Stephen A. Smith. You oh, know, called call, call him the San Diego Chargers. Talked about Hunter Henry, uh, Melvin Gordon playing. Derek right? Johnson. Derek Johnson. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. That was amazing. Anyway, or no, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. Anyway, right. uh, big big game coming up. Uh, and so big, and on a short week, that we were unable to wrangle a player this week. Short week. Got to fly out on Thursday. It was tough. We tried. We had a couple of guys that we worked, that we tried to get onto the podcast, but short week is, makes it a little more difficult. Also, guys are backed up on Christmas shopping. Uh, we sure. had Willie Sneed, who's, who said he would do it. But he had to go Christmas but shopping. But he was, was last-minute Christmas He shopping. was like, hey, man, it ain't going to work. I got Christmas shopping to do. Today's not going to work. So... As a last-minute shopper myself, I can empathize with that. What do you think he's going to get us? That's what I said. You know, I was wondering what kind of gifts he was going to have in store for us. So Rolexes? That'd be nice. I'd be down with a Rolex. Well, you know, Joe got the offensive lineman, that Gatorade, the uh, smoothie. mixer, smoothie yeah, the, like thing. The, well, not smoothie. Uh, what are those things called? Slurpee. Slurpee machine. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. They've got him in the weight room, and it's basically got, like, some Gatorade mix in there. Yeah. But uh, he got that for all the offensive linemen this year. He does a good job with gifts, so he hopefully Willie Snead comes through for us. I told Lamar he's going to have to step his game up on the gift giving. Well, he's a rookie, and yeah. he hasn't been the starter yet. You know, you know, he was he moved into the starting lineup late, so it's true. Anyway, uh, with all that said, we have an email. Uh, as always, you can email us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. <clears throat> this one is a throwback email, Garrett, that I've dusted off. <laughs> <laughs> Dust off this email. This one's from Adrian Ortega, okay? Okay. And you're going to see why I'm dusting this off. He says, first of all... When's this email from? Okay, yeah. This email is from November 20th. Okay, so a month ago. Pre-Thanksgiving. And he first of all says that there are a lot of Steelers fans in Mexico City, which is where he lives. Okay. So it's kind of weird that he's one of the only Ravens fans in Mexico. So props to you, Adrian. Way to hold down the fort down there. But... He was not very happy when he said this email here, okay. specifically with you. Uh-oh. Okay? He said, I just want to tell you that I'm a huge fan of The Lounge. I've listened to all the episodes since you began with the invitation to the god, Justin Tucker, in the very first episode. And I have to be honest with you. Now he turns on all caps. Uh-oh. I'm very disappointed about the, late, the last episode, especially with Garrett Downing misspells her name. Which makes me feel oh, happy. That, that, you're gonna insult me and misspell my name. It's even worse, especially with Garrett downing his comments about the overrated again, all caps expectations about Lamar Jackson. 
Okay, this is back when Joe had just gotten hurt. Okay. And we were like talking about should Joe be the starter? Should Lamar be the starter? And I was kind of on the fence at that point. So Lamar had started one game. You were all in. I I think, had he started one game by November 20th? Yeah, he he would have started the Bengals game. Bengals? Yeah, because I wasn't beating a drum for Lamar to be the starter before Joe got hurt. So, well, no, it would be after Joe got hurt, but before, like during the bye week, when we, people were like, "All right, is Joe yeah." I wasn't all in until after that Bengals game okay. when Lamar right. played and started and, and won. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, just continuing here with uh, our boy Adrian, he says it's so ridiculous that the two of you are preaching and supporting that the Ravens stick with Lamar Jackson the rest of the season, just for what he was able to do against the Bengals. Yeah, there you go. Who are the worst defense in the league? I'm in shock that either of you bring Joe Flacco to the conversation, to the conversation who is the obvious option to stick with and the most valuable player of all our roster. Ooh. You can reach the playoffs with Flacco, not with Lamar, period, he wow. says. Wow. Yeah. So I would love to see what, it's Adrian, right? It's Adrian. I would love to see what Adrian has to say now on December 20th, as Lamar has started the last five games. Yep. The Ravens are four and one during that stretch. Probably should be 5-0 and during that stretch. Yep. The defense can, can come up with a stop in Kansas City and get off the field in the late in the fourth quarter there. Lamar has done everything that the Ravens have asked of him and done it well. I think the Ravens are in the playoff conversation right now because of Lamar largely. They yeah. had lost three straight games before Lamar moved into the starting lineup. They've now won four out of five. They've gone into an incredibly difficult road atmosphere in Kansas City. And like I said, I think they should have won that game. And if Lamar goes into Los Angeles and pulls off the upset against the Chargers, I think there's going to be a ton of people that all of a sudden are saying, is this guy, maybe, could he be the best quarterback of this class? I mean, you're going to be having that conversation. Baker Mayfield, I think, probably still would be. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of people on Lamar Jackson hype train. A lot, yeah, and so there already is. I jumped on early. I was the I was the yeah, early. It's true. Kid. You were on. You were on. You were on a little bit before me. I was kind of dipping my toe into the water, uh, but now we've both been big Lamar supporters. What time did Sometimes you? Sometimes I get these like people who tweet at me, and they're like, "Oh yeah," like if you tweet anything critical, of Lamar, they're like, "Oh yeah," blah blah blah. blah. You know, I'm like, dude, you are barking up the wrong tree, man. I am like, I am big on the Lamar bus. Yeah. Gus bus, the Gus Lamar the, the bus. Gus bus, Lamar train. <laughs> yeah. What point did you jump on? Um, I was I was on after the Bengals game. Well, you were you were semi. What, you Bengals were, and then what Raiders? Right? Bengals. Raiders. I was definitely on after the Raiders game. I felt. And then obviously they go down to Atlanta and win in Atlanta. I think yeah, after the Raiders game and you saw that formula work again, you saw just the difference that he made in the run the run game. I I thought, and it's not to say that Lamar doesn't have his warts right now. Mm-hmm. He does. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And but I think the transformation that he has uh, been the catalyst of. There's no going back from that. Like it's the Ravens are clearly a better team. Right. The way the way that they're playing offense and defense, than they were before. There's I think no you, doubt yeah, about it. I think you put it well. It's how the team plays. Like, yes. if you're just assessing, like, quarterback play, right. Joe might still be the better quarterback right now if you're right. just assessing individual quarterback play. But when you look at the effect that it has on the entire team, not even just the entire offense, but the right. entire team, yep. Lamar is the clear option. Is a clear option. Yeah. The running game is drastically better. There's not, obviously, as many big plays in the passing game, but I still think that there is... Uh, to me, Lamar has been 
a little bit better of a passer than I kind of expected. Yep. There's not many opportunities, but we, that's fine. I mean, we all we all were saying with with Joe and this offense, we were like, how are they're not going to outscore the Chiefs? They're right. going to outscore the. You're not going to get into a, a gun running gun game with the Chiefs and win that game. The same goes for the playoffs. Same would have the same situation for the Chargers game. I think if the Ravens had made the playoffs with Joe, had he not gotten hurt, he got they made the playoffs. I don't know that they would have beaten any of those teams. This style of play gives them the ability. I think, to beat those really, really good teams. Well, you're just basically taking the script and flipping it on its head. Instead of saying, we're going to try to keep up with you, right. we're going to try to keep you away. You we're going to exactly. try to slow you down. It's get, like, a couple, get a few stops on defense exactly. and, then, and then run run the ball like crazy and get some points at the end of those drives, it's whether like, it's three or seven. It's like in the NBA. Teams that go up against Golden State Warriors, if you just try to play fast pace and outscore them, right. you're not going to. You're not going to beat them at their own game. Like They have such good weapons. The Ravens just can't match their weapons. They right. can't match the Chiefs' weapons. They can't match the Chargers' weapons. They can't ma- match on the Steelers' weapons. Steelers' weapons, exactly. So like to expect them to outperform them offensively, I think, would have been a mistake. Right, and I think that with this defense, what we've seen is a... This defense is really good, and that's justified. But when they have to play 85 plays a game, you just, by nature of fatigue, by nature of more opportunities for great quarterbacks to go up against you, you get worn down late in games, and you're less likely to be successful. So now let's cut it down from instead of, I think if the Ravens, in Sunday's game against the Chargers, if they can keep it to 65 plays, I think that the Ravens probably win. In Kansas City... Kansas City actually won the time of possession, which I yeah. think is the only game this year that Lamar has started and the Ravens lost the time of possession, and they also obviously lost that game. So if they can flip that script. Yeah, I think that they're able to come out of there with a win. I got it actually an interesting, as we're talking about this, tweet to me, and it said if Lamar Jackson were to start the whole season instead of the final five Ooh. weeks, do you think he would be a real candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year? I think he was kind of robbed of that, robbed of that this year because of his stats. They don't measure up. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I mean, maybe, yes, I think he would be a candidate. Right. Yes. Baker, obviously, is in that mix. Saquon. Saquon is in that mix. (laughs) Philip Lindsay, a pro bowler, is in that mix. Yeah. Um, I don't know that, I'd probably say he's not the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'd probably say he wouldn't win it, but I do think he would be a candidate. I think he would be in that mix. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, It, it would have been very interesting to see Lamar. Now, I don't think Lamar would have been, if he had started week one, mm-hmm. as good as he was starting in week whatever it was, totally 10 agree. or whatever. Um, totally agree. Yeah, he needed some time. I mean, he if he had had just a full developmental year like the Ravens planned on, then he would be better coming out next year than he was this year. Uh-huh. You know? we, I think we can all see that as a thrower... He, he needs more work, yeah. you know, and, and the Ravens are going to continue with that, his mechanics and all that stuff to improve his accuracy. They're going to put more plate, more on his plate in terms of reading defenses, reading, you know, reading out that stuff, kind of sussing it out and, and making calls the line and all that stuff. Right now, they, they're, I think the offensive coaches and Coach Harbaugh have done a great job of giving him a system that really helps him flourish. It helps mm-hmm. him succeed because it, it maximizes the threat that he brings, you know, and the one-two punch that he and Gus Edwards and kind of Dixon can have. I mean, if you go back to the draft, I think everyone said at the time, the Ravens, that Lamar Jackson can succeed as an NFL quarterback if you build the system around him. Right. Don't try to just fit him into a different system and say, all right, the Ravens ran the system with Joe Flacco. You're now the quarterback. You yeah, go on that, that system. That, that doesn't maximize his abilities, and it doesn't put him in the best 
best position to succeed. And I'm glad the Ravens have completely changed their offense and built it around him. And I think that's made a huge difference. Last question about Lamar before we move on to a couple guests here. The Ravens uh, media contingent always votes on this every year. You vote for MVP and a media good guy. Let's keep it on the MVP here. Who's your Ravens MVP this year? I would say Lamar. I would say Lamar. Like I said, the Ravens have lost three straight games. They were on the verge of the season kind of getting out of of reach and not making the playoffs. And he's the team has completely transformed since he's moved into the starting lineup. He's no doubt brought a spark to the team, to the fan base. So I think that my vote is Lamar. I mean, if you go look at other guys that are in that mix, who else? I mean, you look at the great defense, you could say C.J. Mosley. You know, uh, here's somebody the on the defense. Here's the issue with giving awards to guys on the defense this year is that there haven't been a lot of plays made. Right. So it's hard to say, like, yeah, they've been collectively a really, really good group. I mean, they've been ranked number one in the NFL for most of the season or, like, number two or three. Yeah. You know, they've been right at the top all year long. So if you're saying, like, consistently over the course of the season, the defense has really been the MVP. But who do you single out? Yeah. Marlon, CJ, Eric Weddle. Suggs, right. Who, who is it? Who right. is it? Right. Yeah. It's hard to really put your finger on somebody because there haven't been a ton of big plays made. Yeah, I agree. So you are also on the Lamar I, for MVP. Yes, I would vote for Lamar for MVP. Nice. But with that said, let's bring in another guy who's on the Lamar bandwagon, and that is Clifton Brown, our staff writer. All right, Cliff, so let's talk Chargers. Obviously a huge game. We'll start here. What's your gut say, Cliff? Because <laughs> we all know everything around here. You make all decisions with the gut, says Coach Harbaugh, right? Exactly. That's correct. Uh, gut says Ravens. Okay. Feeling the dubs. Right. No Pepto-Bismol either. <laughs> gut says Ravens. Uh, I feel much this way, felt as much this way about the Chiefs game, that playing a good team, it's going to be a tough game. I think the Ravens are playing well. Mm-hmm. The formula they're using now works against everybody, I feel. Ball mm-hmm. control, running the football. And, yeah, I expect the Ravens to play well. Now, you can play well against the Chargers and lose, Yeah. but I think they're playing well enough right now to pull this off. That is the, the awesome part about this offense right now is that you can take it everywhere. Like, t- for the first time in a long time, you, you kind of know exactly what to predict, hmm. right? I mean, like, with, with Joe under center, you just never knew. Sometimes you kind of got bad Joe. You got some clunkers thrown in there. Sometimes you got awesome Joe. Like, you just there's unpredictability week to week. Now with a run game, it goes on the road. You can run it just the same. You know, it's just more reliable. It's their identity. That's the word that everybody wants to use. The Ravens didn't have one, I think, for the last two or three years, or had trouble finding one. Yep. Now they do. They've got the number one ranked defense, and they can run the football. And I think in December, when defenses are tired, you see a lot of missed tackles this time of year. The Ravens have two fresh running backs. Relative. Gus has taken a lot of punishment, but yeah. really he wasn't running the football at all right. half the season. Then, of course, Kenneth Dixon, he's fresh too. Then you throw in Lamar's speed factor and the fact that teams don't see this on a regular basis. It gives teams problems. Now, you know, I think it's curious, you know, Anthony Lynn, he worked with Greg Roman, says he knows a lot of his running schemes. That could help. Uh, the Chargers and Derwin James, you know, the possibility of him being a guy who can quote unquote spy Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Interesting matchup for the Ravens, you know, the best run defense they have faced this season. Yeah. But seems like every time we say that about Lamar, well, let's see if he can do this. Let's see if he can do that. <laughs> he doesn't. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I am interested to see what the Chargers do with Derwin James and how they use him because he has the athleticism and the range, the tackling ability, I think, to give the Ravens some problems. And I, I'm curious to see – I'm just interested to see if the Chargers make Lamar throw. Now, that's what everybody has wanted to do. Every team has gone in saying, if we can stop the Ravens' running game, then we'll be good. Nobody's been able to do it yet. Right. The question is whether the Chargers have a good enough re- run defense to find it to execute that. And uh, you know, if I'm the Chargers, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the Ravens wide receivers one on one all day outside, just to make Lamar Jackson make that throw and make those wide receivers beat your cornerbacks who aren't particularly. They're good corners. So it'll be interesting to see the game plan the Chargers have. I, I agree with you on that. I think that there's a couple of things. One, now Lamar has five games. And so there's five games of film. So the element of surprise doesn't exist quite the same as it did early on against the Bengals and the Raiders and the Falcons. Now you can see, like, this is what the Ravens are going to do with him as a quarterback. So that is – the advantage is a little bit lessened. Mm-hmm. That, Each time he takes the field, right, it gets a little – The bit. element of surprise is, is right. now non-existent, essentially. Right, right. Um, with that said, you still have to be able to stop it, and teams haven't been able to stop it. I do. This Chargers defense does scare me because they've got good edge defenders. Joey Bosa is a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got obviously Derwin James on the Melvin back Ingram end. Ingram is the other one. Yeah, He's right. Both of them are beasts. Both of them are, are great players. Yeah. So the edge defenders in this, when you have this kind of an offense, are probably the most important players because that's what everything is based off on the read. So how does Lamar read it? They're, he's going to be looking at those guys, and those are two scary guys that you're going to have to read. So um, that is. That is what scares me about this defense and this team. But I also will say, I think that there's a difference between, you look at the stats and you say, well, this is one of the best running defenses. This Ravens running offense is so different than traditional running offenses. There's almost like you have to be good Mm -hmm. against the run and then you have to be good against the Ravens run. It's like a different subsection of a running offense because Mm -hmm. it's so different. It's not like you have the Rams where you just have a stud running back in Todd Gurley. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah. Here's the thing with the Chargers is, they're a very good team. I don't think they're like world beaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably should have lost the Steelers. They had they were down big time at half. They were getting dominated in the first half. They had a punt return for a touchdown. Some kind of crazy. I think it was two guys missed the interception. It bounced off them, and Keenan Allen yeah. <laughs> got a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, they've been good. I mean, the Chiefs game I watched, like they played well in that game, but they had to come back in that game as well. The Chargers are a really good team. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I'm also not saying – I'm not crowning them, you know. Well, who was it? I'm not going to crown them. Dennis Green. That's right, Dennis Green. You want to crown them? <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I completely agree. Like, I don't know my gut feels quite as strong as Cliff's does, but I think that the Ravens absolutely can win this game. Yeah, I think – well, you know, the Chargers, and like every team – they're trying to keep the Ravens in second and long, third and long. Nobody's been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think in this game, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the Ravens pass a little bit more on first down just to get to second and four. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you once the well, Ravens I hate get, that idea. I, know, I, I, I know hate, you do. I hate that idea. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. But if, if the Chargers, and I can understand why, but if the Chargers are really going to stack the box and spy Lamar, they may put the Ravens' position where you got to loosen them up a little bit. And once you get the Ravens to second and short, you're not stopping them from getting a first down. Not, no. mm-hmm. not with this team. Mm-hmm. And also, no one's been able to obviously put the Ravens down 17 points in the third quarter, where no matter what kind of defense they play, 
the Ravens are going to have to throw the football to win the game. Yeah. And Really, the Bengals game in week two was the last time that happened. Yeah. So, I mean, since Lamar's been starting quarterback, right. he hasn't faced that situation where, okay, he absolutely has to throw. And the only thing I could see going wrong in this game for the Ravens that would put them in position is if Rivers got really hot. And with the cornerbacks the Ravens have and the way they play defense this year, I think that keeps them pretty much from getting in that situation. That's been mm-hmm. another key, too, that Ravens aren't giving up big plays. Yeah. They're not just getting shredded defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, teams can move the football. Good teams are going to score. But they're keeping Lamar out of situations where they've got to throw. Cliff, and, I, Cliff I hope that you're right on your overall gut feel. Mm-hmm. But I hope you're wrong on the strategy being <laughs> throw on first down. <laughs> I just I, I think that, like, with this offense, it's it can be very – it can be – kind of appealing to be like, let's loosen them up, let's mm-hmm. throw on first down, catch them off guard. But to me, I just keep it simple. Teams can't stop you from running the well, ball. I think- Run the ball, get in second. It's second and seven, to me, with this offense, is not a bad place. Second and eight with this offense, to me, is not a bad place. I don't like second and eight. I, I don't I like it. I prefer second and seven. Okay, do you, um. what do you prefer, second and eight or second and ten? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not yes. saying they should I, go crazy. I, and I also think that the Ravens are going to go for it on fourth down just about every single time. I think they should. I think you're right with that. But I just think, particularly against good teams, at some point, they're going to have to throw it a little bit more than they have at some point. But I think you may improve it. Can they stop the run? You may improve it first. I agree right? with that. So yeah. I think you come out in the first quarter and you're still run heavy and you say, all right, nobody has been able to stop it yet. Can you guys, if the answer is no, keep on trucking, Cause, baby. Because like, if, <laughs> if you look at last week's game, the Ravens kind of came out and they sort of tried to do what you're talking about mm-hmm. in the first half. Didn't work. They were throwing. They've done that against. The, they did against the Raiders. Right. Like, and then they just say, you know what? In the second half, right. all right, let's just go win the game. Exactly. Just go win the game. Right. I think with the Chargers, you don't have the luxury of saying like, let's try to feel out this passing game and then just go win it in the second half because they're too good. They're better than the Bucs. They're better than the Raiders. They're sure. better than the Bengals. Mm-hmm. So go out there and just from the start say, we're going to ground and pound, win the game. If you guys stop it, then we'll move to the pass, but not the other way around. You, you definitely don't want to let their pass rushers, Bosa and Ingram, start Ugh. teeing off. That, no. That's not good. That's not no. a position that you want to be in. No. Before, before we let you go, though, Cliff, you know, it is – Almost Christmas time. This is a curveball. I didn't even give you any heads up on this. Nice. I want to go around here and say, what's the best Christmas present you ever got? Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, I'll start while you guys... Yeah, you thinking. obviously got one ready. Okay, yeah, I got one ready. I'll start. I'll give you a little time. All right. Game Genie. Oh, man. You remember Game Genie for... I think it was NES. I think it was regular... I think it was Super Nintendo. Was it NES or... I'm not sure, but it was the thing you put your video game in it, and it unlocked a whole rack of cheat codes. Like, mm-hmm. like in Mario, you could just fly above every world. It was amazing. I remember dreaming. I literally slept for maybe ten minutes that night, thinking. Oh, uh, I know. Was it kind of? Was that like gold? Like. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It was like a sleeve, and you plug yeah, the game in there. Yeah, yeah. First, you had to. Yeah, exactly. Blow out the cool. Nintendo. Then you stuck that in. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Mm. Game Genie was awesome. Let's give me some looks over here. He's not game genie. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not. That didn't make it into the Brown household. No. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is a is a bike. I got a bike, my first non training wheel bike. I think I was like seven. Mm. And what made that so special is my dad told me straight up, "You're not getting a bike. Mm. Like I know you want this bike, but you know he set the whole thing up. You mm-hmm. know, like nice. Yeah, we just can't. You know, my my brother, you know, was getting something, and he said, "I just can't. I can't pull it off." And I just remember coming down the steps, 
and he positioned it so it was right there. Oh, that's cool. I just never forgot. I'm like, I'm like hey, I, I you're blown away. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That's, that is cool. <laughs> that's cool. I don't have as good of a story as that. I, I think mine was I just loved, I love like the uh, EA Sports college football game, and yeah. I got that one year. And I think I actually, I think it kind of became a thing. Like I would get that like every year, you know, like the new one. And then I would basically disappear until January 1st. You know, I would get that, go down to the basement and be on the game until I had to go back to school. That was always, I loved that. And uh, I miss the, I miss playing the video Christmas games like that. Cool. I also, I remember my parents one year got real lazy about wrapping the presents. And Santa did too, apparently. Yeah. And, um, and so I, we came out to the tree, my brother and I. And literally, each of us had one big box that was wrapped, and all the presents were just in that I big like box. That. That's a good <laughs> and idea. They that. wrap them. It's a great idea. It was, like it was hilarious. So you open the box, and there's all your presents. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's an improvising idea right there. I like that. Your dad's a trendsetter. I can just imagine that night. My parents are like, Nah, we're going to drink a few beers and just kind of, you know, some eggnog tired, and enjoy right, this right, night. Right, exactly. Or are we going to wrap every present? Yeah, Very we're going smart. eggnog. Very smart. <laughs> so anyway, all right. We're going to bring on, speaking of Christmas, yeah. we're bringing oh, on the brain. Great transition there, yeah, by the way. Bringing on the brainchild of the Ravens Christmas video. So, yeah. All right. Let's bring him on. All right. Now let's shift gears a little bit. We've talked enough about the game. Uh, but now we want to talk about something else that probably a lot of Ravens fans saw this week. And that's the Christmas video. That we put out this week. It's uh, kind of a spin off the show Impractical Jokers. Uh, a little bit of, uh, we basically pull some, some pranks on our players. And uh, we have the mastermind behind that video, Eddie Coglin, who works in our department here in Ravens Media. So, Eddie, thank you for joining the show. Oh, just a pleasure to be here. Oh, Yo, you're so thrilled. Eddie was like, we asked Eddie on, and he was like, no, you're serious? And we're like, yeah, come on. <laughs> So, I don't think I think everyone's going to tune out of your podcast here. So I hope it doesn't lead off the show. <laughs> We're going to lose all five of our listeners. We're going to go five to four. You know, sorry, here's sorry a, Mrs. Downing. Yeah, I, <laughs> getting Eddie on the show now basically he may become a mainstay. You know, we're going to get it's a true. lot of emails to the lounge at ravens.nfl.net of people saying make Eddie a permanent so fixture with the common man. It's more going to be like, why are you guys making our players do this instead of prepare for the game? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> actually Those is. are more of the emails you're going to get. <laughs> that actually is what it's going to happen. So, Eddie, just tell us, how did this idea come together? Was this, was this your brainchild? You taking all the credit? Uh, I'm definitely not going to take all the credit. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was a group thing. We were sitting around and we were talking about, you know, what, what can we do differently than we've done in the past? You know, we've done the caroling things. We've done, you know, the, the thing with Weddle a couple of years ago where we did, he retold a Christmas story. And then... We were, we were like, what, what can we do differently? And it was basically like a, uh, how would players react if they sat on Santa's lap? And, <laughs> and that turned into, how would players react if we had a comedian pretend to be a disgruntled fan and tell, like, whisper stuff to them? <laughs> kind of like a bad Santa vibe. Kind of like it. a bad Santa vibe. And then, right. we, and then we landed on the Impractical Jokers bit with, we were ch- trying to get two of our guys to uh, actually feed him lines about stuff that only players in the locker room would know about right Right. yeah yeah and uh so if you guys haven't seen it yet it's we've posted it everywhere it's on our app it's on our website it's on twitter it's on facebook Uh, you can see it everywhere and uh youtube it's on youtube yeah you can see it you can see it everywhere and just the premise of it to kind of describe it if you haven't seen it yet is in one room there was santa with a handful of players coming into that room and in another room we had Tony Jefferson and Anthony Levine watching as the players came into that room and feeding lines to Santa to a... Uh, Justin from 98 Rock. Justin from 98 Rock. Which Justin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. 
a very, so he's a funny guy, um, and so they were feeding him lines through an IFB, and the players that were sitting on his lap had no idea. First of all, getting guys to sit on his lap was the funniest piece, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. they're yeah. like, what? That, that was definitely the hook. That was definitely the hook, getting them to sit there and then and then watching their reactions. I thought Brent Brent's reaction to being called uh, America's Hat was one of my favorites. Yeah, his, America's yeah. Hat, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was funny too because like some guys when he said sit on my lap so they were some guys just went for it they were like alright like Lamar was like alright that sounds good yeah. and then like Marlon was like eh, yeah. I don't know about it, this it took him a little bit to get into you know the funny thing is the original Santa we thought about was you I heard that. Uh, we, we were about asking you to do it but I would, I would have been a terrible Santa yeah, I would have been a terrible Santa you, what's your best Santa impression ho 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 yeah you're terrible <laughs> yeah, exactly I'm a terrible Santa <laughs> Did Bradley Bozeman, because this didn't make it in the video, did he actually sit on Santa's lap? No, he did. He did? He was sitting on Santa's lap. In did the video? He, did he even watch the video? I don't know. In the video? I saw him walk in, but I didn't All see right, him guys, sitting on his lap. Alright guys, I'm out of here. He clearly didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> clearly didn't watch it. That um, had to hurt. I mean, Bozeman's a big dude. Well, before Bozeman, we actually had Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams come in, but <gasps> Levine and Jefferson were still in their meetings. Oh, so bummer. It, yeah, it didn't uh, didn't go smoothly for the first couple. <laughs> and we were starting to worry that this was going to be a big flop. But. Um, at what point did you feel like, uh, first of all, can you just real quickly describe sort of like the production piece that went into it? Because you guys were running around here for like all day trying to figure out you had sort of the reveal piece to it on the video boards. Uh, they were in a different room. like. Yeah, I mean, we had, you know, we had four cameras. I think we had six or seven mics up. We had about eight people just trying to wrangle players. Yeah, that's what, that was my job, wrangle guys. Yeah, well, everyone had their part. And yeah. without, without everyone doing it, we wouldn't have gotten anyone down there. Team guy. There team guy here, you know. The team, the team, the team. <laughs> but, yeah, that took us about two days to figure out. Um, it was, yeah, a big production. One of, the, one of the weirder things we've done here. So, What was your favorite moment that did not make the video? Um, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can <laughs> legally say. <laughs> this is a... Uh, legally say. Um, you know, Brandon, Brandon Williams gave us a line to feed Michael Pierce. And, uh, and without the big reveal on the video boards, that did not go over well. Because <laughs> then it, it was just a random guy saying insulting things to Michael Pierce. <laughs> Who you, you don't really want to make angry, right? And, Did he uh, get? It? He's like one of the nicest guys on the team. Yeah, I think we pushed him kind of far. <laughs> <laughs> and without without the reveal of seeing your teammates back there, I, that's why that did not make the final piece. Mm, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Can, can we say about Marlon that you know he got into a little off the field trouble, little incident this past <laughs> off season, and that was the butt of the joke. Oh, with Marlon, yeah, yes. they're, 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 we they're, we ventured into that territory. <laughs> it didn't it didn't make the final cut. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's really funny, really well done, and it's up. Like I said, everywhere you guys probably have seen it by now. But if you haven't, go ahead and check it out. Really good stuff, Eddie. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Thanks for joining us. Wasn't that bad? No, oh, no, no. It was great. It was great, guys. <laughs> Permanent fixture. Permanent fixture on the lounge. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, thanks. Great. All right. So thank you to Eddie. Thank you to Cliff, and. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, so now, heading out to LA for a, are we doing it? Are we doing it? Stop looking at your phone. Are we doing it? Nah, we're not doing it. It's going to be a big win. It? It's going to be a big win. It's going to be a nice, solid win. A nice, solid win against the Los Angeles Chargers. I want to make it in the playoffs so bad. I agree. <laughs> so bad. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Uh, can we? Before we close, one last thing. If the Ravens make the playoffs, we're making noise, baby.
This is a big game. Either you don't make the playoffs. If you don't win this game, you might be out. If you win this game, you might be in, and you might run the table. Ooh, I like the talk of that. Run anyway. the table. Let's get those reservations <laughs> ready in Atlanta, baby. Tune back in next week when hopefully the Ravens are still in this playoff chase. Thanks for listening.